I feel like we're going off into a very stupid conversation. So I just recently watched Interstellar, and it made me very happy. And even the last the 30 minutes? Did you turn off the end? Because then it makes then, perfect then it sense. Makes, um, no, honestly, it, for me, it was like... Did you well, like when they were on the bookshelf? Okay, it wasn't any worse than 2001. Like, let's be honest. No, here. but 2001, they don't explain it. That's not an answer. Like, I think I'm high, but I'm not really sure this what just happened. This is 2001 plus midichlorians all in one. <laughs> yeah, the it thing, was dumb. Right? <laughs> the thing that I'm concerned with is how much is the American government spending on receiving or saving Matt Damon? So... Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they saved him in World War Two, and they saved him on Mars. And oh, I didn't think of that. There's another right in a black hole. Yeah, he was in that one. Oh yeah, that's right too. But he was Doctor Man. That one. Yeah, he was Doctor Man. Spoiler. <laughs> if you haven't seen Interstellar by now, and you're listening to this podcast, shame on you. To be fair, this isn't even technically on the podcast yet. That's true. We haven't we haven't signed in, so we don't have to do this. Is where we can just say whatever we want. That's true. Tom's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> No, Alright, we should start the show. Okay. Too much, too much, okay. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me are... Steve. The Human Torch. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, sir, Mike. And Dan. Okay, Ward, what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> it's the Human Torch. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. I would, I, would, I would just think that Mike should know better by now and not be surprised when I say things. That's yes, entirely that, true. Yeah, no, that's fair. Shame on you. I still get sucked <laughs> into looking at computer images that I neither need to see oh, or want on to. that side today. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, you've got nothing to save you now. <laughs> no, yes. because Dan knows that if he turns something on that I don't want to see, it's going to have fingerprints all over it, not the nice kind, right? Oh, fingerprints. Whoa, whoa, hold on. That, this is getting oddly <laughs> finger, yeah. Fingerprints in your goatsy. Isn't that kind of self-explanatory? <laughs> that got weirdly Can quiet. you have goatsy without <laughs> fingerprints in your goatsy? Yeah, it's, pro- it's really, you're right. You can't. You had some sort of... Once again, hands. Hobby Nights in Canada, classing it up. Well, if you had no fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> so if you used to be a spy... Claws. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, <laughs> Claude Goatsy is the worst Goatsy. I guess we know we need to, what is this? What's that thing called? Speculum or whatever? What's that thing? Uh, yeah, okay, it guys. is a speculum. You're right. We're not even five You're not even in. speculating. It is the speculum. <laughs> We're not even five minutes in. <laughs> not even five Okay, so. Tom, what have you been working on this week? Uh, more Malifaux. Guest of Ready for Onslaught. Mm, foreshadowing. I think that's going to be a few of us around here. Yeah, so I started working. Did I have a chance to tell you guys I was working on Ulix and then there was piss, or piss is missing, piece is missing from the box? Yes, you did. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. so I started working on Zoraida. I played a few games with her and I've been getting her crew painted up and it's been lots of fun. Yeah, liking that crew? Loving the crew. Cool, cool. So. I have also been preparing for Onslaught. Surprise, surprise, I painted Malfo, you painted? 40k. Yep. Uh, but I also have painted some Infinity. I didn't get anything done for Infinity, but I did get uh, a bunch of stuff done for... 40k. I finished up. I can't remember last episode. I finished up the Death Jester, but if I did last episode, I also finished up this episode the uh, Shadow Seer and uh, Qlexus Assassin. I'm not sure which list I'm going to take. There's a blog post that should be up by the time this episode comes out. So talking Steve, about that. How much did you pay for your Assassin model? Mm, well, I got a game with him that's too. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a game with my model. I bought the Assassinorum Execution Force. 
for a Q-Lexus Assassin, so it was $150. I saw that on the table, and I was like, mm, this can't Isn't be. Isn't that a little <laughs> pricey for a model, Steve? It is, but have you seen the regular Q-Lexus Assassin you seen how many from 1992? I know I have that one. No, no, and you know what, Steve? Yeah. I'm going to come to your defense here because I did do an $80 Kickstarter for War Machine Tactics, a game that I've never played just to get the model. Yeah, yeah, I really... And you know what? All the Assassins in that box set are really, really cool, and I guarantee you when they come out... Uh, as individual clan packs, they're going to be twenty to thirty dollars a pop because GW is ridiculous with their clan packs. Or it'll be thirty. So do they do a clan pack for under thirty anymore? I, I'm sure somewhere, maybe. I don't know. Oh, I thought you guys were saying clan pack. I was no. like, what are these clans? Yeah, we're, we're not in promos, dude. We're not talking oh, about battle tech. Oh, oh, I went to a totally different clan. <laughs> you did. You uh, really did, didn't you? Wow. Uh, no, they're going to be thirty dollars a pop. There's four of them. It's 120 bucks. I get a game along with it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And that sweet Terminator Chaos Lord that is I don't hate so that, bad. and I don't mind the cultists. I just don't like the Snapgather Chaos Space Marines. We'll see. Maybe the game is amazing. Haven't played it yet. There it goes. <laughs> future, future episode material. Yeah. War, what about you? What are you oh, working on? Kind of me. Uh, I've been uh, working on some Drop Zone, actually. Nice. Uh, so have I, you really been working on Drop Zone? Yeah, I've, uh, I've done Do all you have of proof? the... Yes, I saw, no, no, he put the pictures on the interwebs. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, I've also now uh, did all of the engine glow on the, all oh, of the guys. So, yeah. I still feel like you have to finish your jacks before December. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's still <laughs> have, a whole month. Have no fear. Uh, that's that's still the, the plan. So I've, I've also worked on a little bit on them. So I've done the uh, stenciling. I've applied that on a bunch of the jacks. And then I'll start uh, airbrushing the dark blue black onto them as well. So... Cool. Uh, slowly, and then Onslaught, of course, I've been, I also have been working on Onslaught, but not models, I've been, been working on running spreadsheets and all that other stuff. And yeah, yeah. Boring check, shit. Checking lists and yeah. that sort of fun. Making a should, list and checking You know what you should, we Shut should up, Daniel, it's not even November. Las Vegas <laughs> Open, Nova Open, they don't check lists anymore because it's just too ridiculous, and they rely on your opponent to know the format of the rule system. You should take that approach. I should almost do that. I'll be like, hey, if somebody calls you on your shit and... Uh, yeah. But if you get called out, are you disqualified? You're okay. totally 100%. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. There you go. Next Next onslaught done. There's too many Sorry. game systems, too many lists. Or play Malifaux, and you don't have to worry about it. You don't submit lists. Because you do your Soulstone shenanigans on the fly. Mm, that's true, right? Because you can change them up yeah, all the time. Yeah, but that doesn't save you anything other than your opponent looking at your list and going, you have four factions. <laughs> it's like, really, you spent 36 Soulstones. I don't know how many Soulstones a game is. Sure, 35. Yeah, it doesn't really save you anything. 36, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's that's totally German rules, not 14. Right? No, Germans are always know. 42. <laughs> the Germans are always 42 for any game they play. Okay, that's Makes weird. Makes 40k really awkward. Right? 42 points. You get three Space Marines. Yeah. No, you get two Space Marines. No. They got cheaper? Depending on yeah, how you get okay. 13 points. What the fuck? Well, it depends. So the minimum squad pricer. size is generally five, so you're fucked anyway. What mm-hmm. if I want to, How many mm-hmm. points do I get back if I take a missile launcher? Heavy you could bolter. Do, it's a heavy bolter. Fuck, you heavy can't bolter. even do a jet bike yeah, squad. Right. <laughs> jet bikes are uh, minimum three, but they're 17 points a pop. Okay, this that is great work. podcasting, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get to talk now. Okay, great. Uh, to be fair, you can add in the random shit just like us. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it classy, buddy. <laughs> You're failing. <laughs> just give in, Mike. I mean, you don't have to literally like put shit on the table. Like you can just add to the conversation. You need to be the Pat Boone record sleeve to my Alice Cooper record. I get confused by this reference. <laughs> I don't, 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 don't ask Dan- any questions. I'm trying to remember yeah. what that's from. <laughs> you know, Daniel, it was really bad. Okay, let's let Mike talk because I'm, I'm confused. Talk. I remember the scene. I just don't remember what it's from. Uh, it's upsetting me. What did you do, Mike? I. That. 
did a bunch of drops on as well. Yeah. Nice. Uh, he's aching me off. What? What? Me? Yeah. I would never do that. I finished my two Athenas, which is the air support. That looked good. And I have done so much masking and airbrushing on my other stuff. It's everything I own is done right now for masking and airbrushing. And I am at the probably tonight. I'm gonna say I'll have another four Neptunes done, and then it should. Wait, what? Because he doesn't work tomorrow. Oh. No, he does work tomorrow. I work tomorrow. Oh, you do? Yeah. How much do you have left to do? Oh, just the like lights. Varnish them? Like the lights and varnishing and uh, the two oh, markings. Not bad. That's it. Good stuff, man. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Well, and again, like he doesn't sleep. He just paints and goes to work. That uh, must paints. be the case. So He might be a robot. Doesn't need sleep. Could be a John Wong clone. Just charges whoa, from the wall. Whoa, whoa, no, no, no. John, John Wong is, is his clone. clone. Yeah, that better. makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Damn, what have you been working on? I built and magnetized and converted a bunch of buildings, battle tech models. Damn it! <laughs> I was going to magnetize all the windows so I could like swap out for battle damage and stuff, but it seemed like just a little too much work. That would be actually, I would be really happy to see that. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that sounds awesome. At this point in time, not implausible. <laughs> I'm gonna say. It wouldn't take that much longer than what I'm already doing, but no, I, I took a break from finishing those last few dozen windows. <laughs> I had no desire. Well, actually, it'd be it'd be faster because you could do all the windows separately from the building and paint. I them think way they're probably faster. part of the building and cannot be removed. Is my guess. Oh, they were one piece resin. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay, not Anyways. without work. Yeah, you would have to do <laughs> magic. So uh, instead of thousands of countless hours of painting you know meticulous detail it would just take hours and hours of meticulous drilling cutting. and cutting yeah so yeah that'd be a, that'd be a huge time saver <laughs> i will strongly consider okay, that so what did you actually paint i uh, didn't really paint much just assemble most, yeah tons of converting assembling magnetizing i thought only ward was allowed to count assembly no it will count this no, no dan just does what dan does like there's if you're thinking about working on an army project for a tournament or anything like that that's that's like three of us <laughs> Ward cleans models, and Dan finds some random shit to do with BattleTech models that no one else is concerned yeah, and about. Yeah. It, was, it was actually I was I was going to do the airbrushing on Saturday, and I was woke up and I was like, open my eyes. Okay, not hungover. Good start. <laughs> then I went to move, and it was a problem. I had like a giant like visible knot in the muscle in my shoulder. So no painting. Ew. So painting was kind of not a thing for about a day. It was mostly try not to move laterally in any fashion with my upper body for a bit. Uh, so no, no torso twisting for me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> torso twisting, another BattleTech reference. BattleTech. <laughs> but uh, you know, got that got that under control, and I'm kind of somewhat mobile again. So, yeah. so more windows will be painted. More windows will be painted. Perfect. More BattleTech nice. will someday be painted. All right. Okay, well, let's just kind of keep Dan rolling. So, who gets to who? Are you, who are you telling to shut up and take your money? Uh, this week, it is a little company called KJ Magnetics out of the states. Uh, I think it's KJMagnetics.com. K and J. Is it K and J? Yeah, I'm on it right now. Oh, sorry, the website's KJ, but it, the company's K and J. Gotcha. Okay, confusing. But they sell <laughs> lots and lots of magnets for not a lot of dollars. So I ordered several hundred magnets so that I can magnetize <laughs> more arms and more torsos and more other things and not have to buy any more for an extended period of time. That's not going to happen. And it was like under 50 bucks. We should mention sweet. that when we say they're really cheap, 
they're really it's 90 cents for 10 of for the 10 smaller whereas ones. if you buy the little magnet packs that you can get at most of the hobby stores right now you get 20 i think or so for, for about 10 like 10 bucks. yeah depending on 10, the 15, 15 depending 15. on the size like yeah you're yeah. paying like at least a dollar a magnet in a lot of cases i don't use a lot when they're of nine cents each on the website I don't use a lot of magnets, so I really don't find this to be a huge thing. But if you I you aren't magnetizing Omnimax, exactly. If I was gonna, <laughs> if I had a project where I decided I wanted to have every weapon option available for like, the entire army, I'd totally be doing this. One of the quintessential uses of magnets in our part of the hobby was uh, one of the first ones was Tau battle suits. Yeah, the yep. crisis suits yep. where you're like, oh, I want to have twin missile pods or plasma rifles or fusion guns or whatever. With all these new Tau suits coming out as well, maybe not a bad idea. And if you get a chance to look at their website, they have magnets that are like beyond tiny. They have, you can magnetize yes. anything. Some the the smallest ones that I ordered were um, they're one sixteenth diameter, so like one and a half mil across, and half that in terms of their thickness. So they would be perfect for magnetizing something like you can magnetize a grenade to a belt. If you really wanted to, yep. yes, you could. Hundred percent, you could, and that <laughs> and is absurd. They have all kinds of crazy crap, um, and literally they have an option too, where if they don't make it. You can send them dimensions and stuff and get them to custom make you magnets. I'm sure it'll be more than nine cents each. Yes, at that point, I'm guessing they will cost more than nine cents. But they're but. probably still, <laughs> at that point, they might not be that much more expensive than getting them in those stupid blister bags. Yep. 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 And yes, and they also have like a clearance section where every now and then you can get like 500 of some random size that may or may not be useful for like virtually nothing. That's pretty sweet. So. Highly recommend their site. Uh, shipping to Canada, if you pick the U.S. postal option, it's 9 bucks U.S. No minimum order size. They used to have a minimum order, but that's gone. Cool. So, yeah, I've ordered from them before, and very much looking forward to getting a box of hundreds and hundreds of tiny magnets. Cool. Mike. Oh. Wow, we're going reverse now. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're, we're I am going to blame TJ for this one. Screw you, TJ. I'm going to buy it. I, I really want to get some Batman the miniature game miniatures. Yeah, he was, paint them up. he was sending me pictures of um, like terrain boards that people were posting online and stuff like that. He seems to be pretty big into the oh, Batman. Oh, he likes Batman. Oh, yeah. That's, that's it's, his, a, it's his jam, right? See? It's his jam. Comics <laughs> are his gem, and you know what I hate? What? Carrying boxes of comics up and down three flights of stairs when you help him move. I'm thinking that you <laughs> did this, no? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that's stopping me from also jumping into this game is that I went to go on the Mar website to order the, the Penguin crew, and it wouldn't even let me order it. Yeah, sold they don't, what? Sold, sold out, out. and pre-orders and stuff they actually don't do right now. Tom's blacklisted. They don't do advance orders on Meeple Mart, so... Yeah, well, no, it's because it's one of the older ones, sold out. But there was oh. several of the boxes that were sold out okay. that you could actually put in the cart, but it wouldn't let you do it with the Penguin box. So I don't know if that skew has been discontinued or what's going on, because Night Miniatures is kind of... Yeah, when they've they got lost, a history of fucking around with their model. When lines. they didn't renew their Star Wars license, that shit disappeared super quickly, where there was a bunch of those models that I wanted to get, never got around to it, and the second they lost their license, they were like... Astronomically expensive, expensive on eBay. So and so they're doing Hopefully so many different lines case. of of the Batman universe that it might be the case where some of the older ones that they're working on they might not still have the license to that specific art <coughs> style. All I right, don't well, know. But you've got some uh, detective work to do. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> if you want to play Penguin, it's more about the chaos. And I was yep. hoping you would make some Batman can't stop thinking about sex quotes there, but oh yeah, that's I tried true. to tee one up for you, it didn't work. Yeah. Moving on, and Mike, do you have a specific faction of like? Oh yeah, actually, uh, I'm getting oh, yeah. the Green Mike's, Arrow stuff. That, it's okay, Mike's just cut me <laughs> off. You're, you're I'm getting, getting lit, right? The Green Arrow stuff. Oh, uh, like not Batman. Oh. 
No, not Batman. Batman sucked. Batman's the worst character in that universe. Fuck you. It's true. First ones I got were he's, um, okay. He's the only Aquaman is cooler wait, than wait. Batman. Let Mike finish. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys are horrible. I'm just getting Green Arrow right now, Speedy, and the Black Canary. That's what I'm gonna do to start to see how it is. Fair enough. Okay, mm. you can cut me off because it's Ward's turn. Okay, now, <laughs> so you actually think that he's shittier than Aquaman? <laughs> yeah, at least Aquaman is hilariously weird. Batman is just like an angsty dude that has no powers and doesn't have really any cool backstory. You notice this, TJ? Steve but is saying this. Every other, there's Spider Man. He had his parents die and he got superpowers, way cooler. But that's not the appeal of Batman. Batman's boring. Like, when you watch the movies, the coolest characters in that are by far the bad guys. Batman's just an afterthought. Right, that's why I want a Penguin crew. That's what I'm saying. But you can't have those sweet villains without Batman. You totally could. They just fight each other. It'd be way more awesome. Like what we'll do in the game. So you want to go Riddler? I'll get Penguin. We'll have some good time. Are you going to do shitty Jared Leto? Uh, Oh, wait, no. That's He is creepier. So stupid. He is creepier. I don't know. I can't really... don't know how to see the movie. Don't care. Right. But... Anyways, Ward. <laughs> Enough tangents. Um, For this second. Shut up and take my money. I'm going to steal Mike's idea from last episode. Uh-oh. And I'm waiting. Drop zone commander, baby. <laughs> Drop fleet. <laughs> Drop fleet. Drop fleet commander. Yep. I just want to throw money at you. So, Hawk Ward. Their kicks, did you uh, get the, Kickstarter went. Did you get the uh, letter? I, I'm getting the letters. Okay. I have not got the Kickstarter. Did their Kickstarter go live? No, not yet. I thought it went live like this week. It's supposed to be at the end of October, but now they figure it'll probably be like two weeks, uh, middle of November. So, uh, uh, I just want to thank them for not having the resistance that I don't have to spend the money on it. That's true. Resistance um, shouldn't have. For the record, they didn't say no. They say they're looking at it. For the record, yep. I need to. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's a stretch goal. This could get interesting for Tommy. Oh, they'll hit the stretch goals in a second. There's no way they're on. So that would be the goatsy. Well, the stretch that goals the stretch so goal. far are the Shiltari is the first stretch goal. Do the Shiltari have claws? <sighs> yeah, they're birds. I'll continue on. <laughs> the second stretch goal is PHR. Who has You have hands? to go from there. And then the okay. third stretch goal is resistance. <laughs> <laughs> but after all that stretching, there is no resistance. Uh. <laughs> Just flopping in the breeze. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I like this one. Uh, that was a good one. I'm going to throw all my money there. Anyway, that's it. I am going to be rebuying a book I already have, Doom of Mimera, Volume 2. Apparently with way more power creep. Yeah. Corsairs are apparently well, insane. The, Wait, the, what? So there's a, a reprint of Doom of Mimera to bring it up to the 7th Forge edition. World uh, Imperial Armor 11? Yeah. Or is uh, it 12? 11. 11. Beautiful book. I really like that, but there's a couple of things in there that are amazing. A, the Corsair list is going to allow me to use my Dark Eldar in a competitive way, like not just get shot off the table and suck. Uh, They've got some really cool stuff, like you can take their jet bikes, which are the same as Craft World Eldar jet bikes stat line, except they get splinter cannons. Hmm. So I can just use my Dark Eldar jet bikes, and suddenly they are, well, they're not bad. They're just cool. Uh, good shooting unit, able to move, you know, like a lot of stuff that will continue. They actually have an armor save? Three plus, yeah. So they'll be able to, and they've got a really cool mechanic. One of the things that I'm really looking forward to is their leadership values are eight slash five. What? So they use their first or whatever it is. like. So the leadership is 1.6. No, what, what it does is you, when you're taking your leadership test, you use the first value. When you're regrouping, you use the second value to represent that once they're running away, they're not likely to stick around. They're just going to get the fuck out because they're pirates. 
It's a really cool mechanic. Huh. So, like, you need to have a lot of HQs to keep them around. Like, everybody has braces of pistols. Like, everybody has... Like, all your characters can have multiple pistols or just, like, full-on pirates. Which models? is cool with the gunslinger. Yeah, they're going to be. They were, they teased one of the models at... It's, like, a super blurry picture. You can't tell what the fuck's going on, but they have a, a pirate prince from Forge World Open Day. Ooh. So it should be really cool. And there's new race seer models, or uh, rules, which I'm really excited about, so I can use that. Do they have the correct gun this time? Yeah, it won't have just a wraith cannon. It'll actually have... A D cannon? D -cannon? Yeah, yeah, for the same... Po to? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I don't think they'll fuck it up again, uh, considering that was a PDF. But you never know. Yeah. So <laughs> this fair. means that I can probably take my uh, Dark Elder maybe to the LBO as it counts as Corsair list. Ooh, that'll be fun. Would be really cool. Really, really cool. That's so, me. Okay, well, for me, I've been looking into airbrush compressors, and it turns out there's a company called Sparmax, which makes the compressors for Iwata, and then sells them themselves for anywhere between 25 and 50% cheaper. Yeah, that sounds like good typical markup. Like <laughs> high-end company has somebody yeah, else Yeah, so you can get yeah. an amazing compressor with all of the bells and whistles for 500 bucks on the nose from a store around the corner. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, And my Iwata compressor, which was more money, literally had no bells or whistles. So I feel ripped off. Yours was more than that? Probably. I don't know. I got, it's a, a, it's a good I got it a long time ago. It yeah, doesn't have... And it things doesn't have, have a tank. In the uh, compressor world and airbrush world, things have come down in price a lot. True. From like six, seven years like ago. Th that is true. Oh, yeah. And actually, just re remembering when I bought mine, they were like 50% off. So my concept of the prices is out of date and affected by a clearance sale. So yeah. the numbers are all fucked up. So don't, don't listen to Dan. But anyways. Moral so, story. Never listen to Dan. Never listen to Dan. But it's really cool because it's got the built-in tank. Uh, it actually has two nozzle outlets on it, so you can be running multiple airbrushes. You can John Woo airbrush. Yeah. You can you John have to, airbrush. You'd have to gold plate your airbrushes, though. And then dive sideways at all times while yep. airbrushing. <laughs> have some little dragons etched yes. into the side and stuff. Yeah. Perfect. Wow. Absolutely. Pretty sweet. Uh, but either way, uh, and also, one of the things, and this is really weak, but uh, unlike a lot of the compressors you buy where it just has the compressor with the tank either on top or below... It actually has a metal housing around it, which makes yep. it look a lot nicer, but also does operate as a heat sink, where even though you're not going to be having a scenario where it's ever really going to overheat because you're using the tank, well, um, and it's got the like auto shutter tools off of it, or air tools. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I but that, but if you were option. doing that, you could spend $80 at... Like, Princess Auto. Yeah, I yeah. get yeah. a better <laughs> one. Well, probably not better. Higher capacity. <laughs> Let's One go. better for that job. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you fire all those uh, airbrush PPCs, I mean, it's good to have some heat sinks there. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, my God. The oh, really Jesus. sad thing is, is when we were talking about this earlier. You were thinking about he it. He did the I same made a, You did the joke. same thing? I made a heat sink <laughs> joke. I definitely did. You can't say heat sink and have me not make My prediction for five years down the road, all of us are playing Battletech, and this is just a Battletech podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the worst. Battletech Mike had a stroke. <laughs> I'll be dead somehow, and then it just devolves. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it'll just be Warden Dan. Yeah, make sure we don't do any episodes just the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Uh, Could you actually give real content about Battletech oh, for an entire hour? Yeah. That more than four people would listen to? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll get back to you on that. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so it's a great looking compressor. So if you're looking for one, they obviously, it's not their only model. They've got a whole bunch of different uh, different ones everywhere from the really cheap to the more expensive. 
And yeah, it's going to be a great compressor for much less than you'd be paying any of the major companies. Yep, looks cool. Wish I would have so, bought that instead of mine. Yeah, so what was the name again? Sparmax, S P A R uh, M A X. The <laughs> website here has two R's, that is false. And also, we're just going to put it in the show notes, right? <laughs> actually, our posts do have show notes now on our website. But do we actually put them in there? I will show you what it does later. Okay. That's a no, it didn't actually happen. <laughs> okay, fair well, enough. We've always had the okay, ability, also, we just if don't. You, if you are local to Edmonton, you can get them at Delta Art Supplies, correct? That is where I'll be picking yeah. mine up. That's Which also I, has an amazing stock of Series seven brushes. It's down by Kingsway. Garden yeah. Mall. Yes, 111th Ave and 121st Street. There you go. Delta Arts and Drafting. <laughs> a couple of years ago we mentioned them because that's where I got the uh, Rub and Buff Gold. Yeah. Um, and it's also where I bought my Neo. Oh, right on. Yeah. Cool. We we shop there. Apparently, occasionally we do. Mm-hmm. Okay, year year long intervals. <laughs> okay, because if I haven't talked enough, um, we're gonna oh move into the first period, and I'm gonna talk about my experience at the War Machine Masters. It was, as far as I know, the first Masters event in uh, in Edmonton. And how was it, Tom? Um, <laughs> okay, I, I, I'd like to get a few things out of the way before I go on to this full conversation. First off, Brian Sin, you ran an amazing event. Nice. It was run really really well. Uh, the venue... That's kind of par for the course. It usually doesn't Yeah, but the venue was the coolest I've ever been in. So it was at the German Cultural Center, and they... Oh, yeah. Ward's sitting right there, you know. Okay, I love his <laughs> events, but he knows that I hate his venue. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. always talked about that, but yeah, that's, that's fine. Fair. But, it's a space. Anyway, so you go downstairs, and it looks like an old, kind of medieval Isn't setup. Isn't the one, wait, where Out of the Basement does their... No, 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 days? that's at a speaking thing, but it's near there. It's actually like about oh. 15 blocks from there. It's different. Okay, I thought that's... This is like the German Cultural Center, so they've got Way several... Bigger? They've got a restaurant in there. Really? But anyway, so in the basement, there's actually a bar... Right beside, like, right in the gaming area. Of course. And what? it was really German neat. Cultural Center. Yeah, exactly. Although there wasn't a lot of actual German beer. Like, we were drinking them out of German beer and leaving them with just Budweiser and <laughs> coconut and shit. But anyways, it was reasonably priced. And the neat thing about it is that using that place as a venue, they didn't charge you a liquor license. It's just you got the venue, they staff the bar because they're making money off the booze. Yes, that's, so it was uh, really cool. That's a lot like uh, TOP does with uh, I cannot remember the name of the community center, Glamorgan Community Center. Same sort of thing. Yeah. They staff it because it makes sense for them. And because mm-hmm. Brian put the money into it, he also got it catered both days. That's really cool. So that went really well. Uh, another thing that he did that was really interesting is that he, instead of calling out pairings, he just published a list to the Facebook page. So you just go on the go onto the Facebook page, or honestly, because we were all going to the event, it would just give you a prompt on your phone with your next pairing. That's pretty cool. Like so that. that really simplified things. But to get it more into detail about what a master's event is, it's basically a fucking steamroller. So <laughs> okay, so why is it called a master's event? Um, it's got to have some sort of difference. So technically, masters has what's called ADR, um, which I can't remember what it stands for. Where basically, if you take um, your two casters from a list of four that they publish every three or four months, you can then actually take a sideboard. So what it's doing is it's trying to encourage you to take different casters more often. So they publish, like, the shitty ones on that list, generally? You know, not always, because over the course of the whole year, all of them will have made the list. Really? Active duty roster. Thanks, Ward. Um, Active duty roster. So if you take both of your casters from the ADR list, you can have up to 20 points of worth of sideboard for each list. Huh. So on top of having... Yeah, so it gives you a little bit more variety. Uh, No one that I talked to or played against was using it. It was... (laughs) Did you use it? No. Why not? ADR is kind of weird, actually. 
So I, I haven't heard a lot of people that are like, yeah, ADR. Well, the reason from 40K, that sounds amazing. How is it not useful? Well, because you have two lists to begin with. And if it's a painting required event that makes you paint extra things to have a sideboard, that could also be an issue. For the record, so you have a sideboard, not a painting required event. Okay, well, what's the excuse? <laughs> so wait just a second. If you have a sideboard uh, and you have your two lists, could you effectively turn like a list that normally wouldn't be a tier list into a tier list in certain situations? Like, would it give you that flexibility as well? Um, if you're taking a tier list, you're taking a tier list, and you're t- you're stuck with those restrictions either way. Yeah, um, but what, what what if you're not taking a tier list? Could you have the sideboard to suddenly make it into one? Would you get no, those benefits? No, as you're well? not going to be switching in and out of tier. Okay, but uh, much like I couldn't switch in and out of contract with my with okay, my sideboard. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, there's actually there was when they first did it, two of the casters on there were ones that I was actively playing with and really wanted to do the sideboard, but we didn't have a masters event locally. And then for this one, it was actually the only one of the casters that was on the list is one that I have painted or that I ever played gotcha. with. Right, so that was why I didn't do it because yeah. it's I've only got so many works painted. and I was working on getting my Malifo stuff done for yeah. So you couldn't do it just because restrictions on the what yeah. you take. Gotcha. Absolutely. So one of the cool things about the format is that after the first day, he ranked everyone. The top eight got put into the Masters, and then everyone else got broken into three tiers, where the first tier was the best records, the third tier was the worst records, and then, of course, the second tier was kind of in the middle. So That's you really then cool. played a steamroller on day two of like-skilled players. That's becoming more and more common. There was actually a, a post on Frontline Gaming where the tournament did the exact same sort of thing, where you play in one event, you don't make it into the finals, you get to play in another tournament, so you get a second chance at winning something. Yeah. Which is really cool. I like that. So that it's not just like, oh, I'm a, I'm a mid-tier player, I don't always come with the har- most hardcore list, maybe I like painting more. You're probably going to get paired up with people that you might have a competitive uh, game with, have yeah. fun, and get a chance to win. That's super cool. Absolutely. So... It was it was really fun. I, I'm finding that uh, the problems that I have with War Machine are getting exacerbated by playing it more. Like, Steamroller is getting really boring for me. So I don't think I had as much fun with the games as I could have, but I had nothing to do with the format and nothing to do with the people. Just a little burnout. I'm just kind of burnt out of War Machine because they, they used to really dramatically change Steamroller from year to year, but the last two or three years there hasn't been a massive shift in what you're doing for your scenarios or anything. So it's nothing new. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe they should have the entire planet get exploded. Shake things up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get rid of War Machine Start entirely. over. Absolutely. Uh, and then one of the other things, too, is that there wasn't a painting requirement, so there was about 25% of the armies were painted. So, so 75% not painted. Is that not right? fully, is what not I would say. Not now, we've gone off on this rant before, but that is one of the things that I despise about War Machine, is the fact that there are still events out there that don't even require a three-color minimum. Three-color minimum with basing just makes it so much better. Nobody's asking you to have your models done to a Golden Demon standard, but... Especially because they don't exist in Canada anymore. No, exactly, that too. But the the Bear Pure and Bear (laughs) Australia. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I'll go with Crystal Brush. There we go. I think there is one in Canada. There's got to be one in Toronto or something like that. But uh, I think ha- Crystal Brush is just the one event, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, just one. the States. But they have qualifiers. But Sage, oh, fair enough. Sage Brush is qualifier. Tangent. All right, go. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. No, uh, seeing Pewter across the table and Bear Resin is just kind of... I hate it too, Steve. There so, you go. There's a reason why you play this hobby and not a computer game. It's because you want to do... And I would like to take that further. This is why you play this game instead of playing a board game with mar- flat markers. 
Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Because the thing is, is when you go to no painting, there's just one step to proxying and playing with a coke can instead of a dreadnought or whatever. In my mind. Yeah. So I think um, I cannot say enough positive things about how the event was run. It was amazingly ran. Yeah, but that's not a reflection of Brian Sin, our, yeah. our, our criticisms. That's just War Machine in general. Uh, yeah. That's the way the community has been. And I think you can't, with War Machine, say, like, you have a tough time saying uh, paintings required at your events. Work. I don't. I just say paintings required. Yeah, but I know you, <laughs> in all honesty, you suffer because yeah. of that. I I'm do, yeah. yeah. Like, there, there's players that don't sign up, and, like, I've never seen certain War Machine players because they don't paint. So, and <clears throat> I I had the option to, like, drop it and be part of um, the no paint of the, the AWI. The, a- the AWI, but I'm just like, why would I make one event non-painted and have seven others painted, so... Yeah, I opted not to do that. But we've already we've touched on this before. They are they are changing that. It sounds like down at uh, why well, can I think of the Privateer Press Lock premier event load. Lock and Load, they have more painting required kind of stuff down there, or at least they're pushing the hobby aspect more. Yeah, they, we've talked they about reward it rather than require it. Yeah, and that's one of the big one yeah, of the nice things that Brian Sim did do is he had a best painted good, and he also had some door prizes that were exclusively for people that had painted armies. I like that. That's fair. So he was encouraging it. He was really working towards it. And I had a, I had a couple conversations with him about it, about one, some of the things that he could do to kind of help encourage the hobby aspect. Because he's a guy that only plays the painted models too. Yeah, that's because he came from a Warhammer background. Like yeah. that's that's usually you see the Warhammer guys uh, like Jordan Murphy. He paints his stuff not in, you know, a huge time frame kind of thing, but he gets his stuff done eventually, right? Like, that's a big push because he came from that Warhammer background, in my mind. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a bit of a segue um, into our next segment, but one of the things that's really killing War Machine for me right now is that you don't really interact with the scenery, or the scenery doesn't really matter. The the boards will maybe have three or four pieces. I'm used to playing a lot of Malifaux lately. Let's jump into the second period. Are well, you, this is our segue. There's about to transition. Segwaying. You're segue. Segway. With Malifaux, I play with tons of scenery, and you, you can take really a segue off a jump, looking tables, jump and it's in really fun. With War Machine, you have like maybe some hills, maybe some trees, a maybe wall. a wall or two, and that's about it. And it's gone so much so to the point where one of the biggest movements in War Machine right now is moving towards 2D terrain. Oh where, my god! You know, <laughs> we're basically exactly what it, you know. Your fat mat, yeah, that material, but with printed like treetops or hill or like a wall on it and that's what they're playing on and for a lot of competitive play because admittedly the big advantage um, for the competitive war machine players of the 2D scenery is that models can be placed exactly where they need to there's no wobbly model syndrome or anything like that okay at this point in time why aren't we just playing Starcraft or League of Legends or a board game with markers now, before we get into completely bashing it, because I will straight up say I fucking hate it, <laughs> but there is another big advantage for it is in that if you are running a tournament, or there's two, I guess, if you're running a tournament, it's really inexpensive True. True. to cover tables. It's about 40 to 50 bucks a table. You just buy for a scenery map, For those. And you're done. Right. But <laughs> and the other thing that I think it's great for is if you've got your figures in a case, you have your 2D scenery in a pocket on the side, you could play anywhere. So think of it like Hotel War Machine. You could do that without any issues. And, you, and so it's for that kind of purpose, I can really see a benefit to it. Okay. For, like, the travel gaming. This, sure. This, this topic is going to be the big one, I think, right now for this episode, so. Okay. But that being said... <laughs> can I jump in before I explode? Can, 
Can we just say it in unison? It's fucking stupid. It's it's fucking the, stupid. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> so now I will. I understand the idea, the appeal of it. I really like my fat man. It's brilliant for tournament play. It marks out all your deployment zones. But it's there to give you flavor. This one marks out the streets. You still have to put buildings on the ruined rubble. Otherwise, it makes no damn sense. Yeah, because what else could you then Kool-Aid man through in 40k, right? Exactly. You have a dreadnought. <laughs> You're going to go through the wall. Uh, but that. So let's talk about a game like Infinity, where instead of having no terrain, terrain is the most important part of the game. Arguably more important in a lot of yep. ways than the models. Absolutely. Because you try and play on an open board with Infinity, everybody just dies and no one has fun. Metal is the exact same way. You need terrain. You need a ton of it. And there are companies catering... To terrain like MicroArt Studios, we talked about um, yep. uh, custom Meeple. There's countless, huge there's amounts. Foreground, yeah, you name it. There's a million out there, and there's probably five Kickstarters at a time simultaneously. Yes, to get new companies started, and the stuff is amazing. It looks so good. It's easy to paint. It's and, quick and to throw on a board. Biggest thing for me, it adds to the flavor because it's three dimensional. Mm-hmm. It is tactile. It is touchable. And it it adds to the immersion to me. Yeah, I hear you. Whereas two D just wipes that out. There's no immersion anymore. You can't see yourself running down that street firing your guns at something. It's gone. And yeah. true line of sight is no longer an issue either. Yes. A lot of games require true line of sight. With two D terrain, it's now you're to back, be fair. You're back to area not one of those games. Yeah, fair enough. War Machine abstracts a lot in the name of of tight. Uh, complete rule sets, but there's a point where you have to realize that these tabletop games came from the role-playing world where abstraction is like the least of your concerns, because it's all entirely imaginary. You can do whatever the fuck you want, and you fudge it, and there's not really a competitive aspect to, to role-playing. Uh, fantasy well, and D&D players. Fair, okay. <laughs> there's some people that are very competitive with their characters and that kind of thing, but you know what I'm trying to say, that there's yeah. The rule set can be fudged, and in fact, usually the DM's job is to make that happen in a lot of ways. He makes the fudge. He does make the fudge. Um, back the fudge, too? Yay! Not classy. Was that Mike's first dirty joke on the podcast? Yeah. It may have been his first on-purpose dirty joke. Yeah. Is that this week's Moose Knuckle Minute? I did not see that coming. Yes, it is. Yes, it is my Moose Knuckle, but yeah. (laughs) Mike's Moose Knuckle is this week's... Oh my god. I like it. I like it. We didn't even have beer to open for that, but there you go. Cheers it instead. Um, No, this 2D scenery thing is dumb. I hate it. I think that if you're going to do that, there's better video games out there that do it better, and they're tighter rule sets because the computers don't fuck up. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, League of Legends is pixel perfect. Like, that's When Skynet happens, it happens on purpose. <laughs> no, I, okay, I... They don't fuck up. What do you guys think? I hate it. I, 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 I want to go last. Okay. okay, Dan? Well, part of me hates it, but at the same time, I'm like, wait, X-Wing uses cardboard asteroids and shit, because you physically need to be able to balance on top of them. Yeah, but it's a board game. Yeah, X-Wing is a board <laughs> game. Talk about this. Damn it. <laughs> the models are pre-painted. They're tokens, effectively. Like, it's... Yeah, I agree with Tom on this one, where it's it straddles that line of a board game. Yeah, and one of the things that I really do like about miniature games, whether it's Warhammer, you know, War Machine with, you know, 3D scenery, that sort of thing, if you do get that case of somebody walking by, seeing the games, having all the cool scenery, the painted armies, all the rest of it, it does draw people in. It is 
it is immersive. It does get people's attention. It, it makes for just such a more rich experience. Like, yeah, you walk by a tournament and with a like a crazy well done like top table, um, like the the LVO does this. You walk by the top uh, War Machine table. It's all three D terrain. It's incredible looking. They have this like really like um, I'd say like Southeast Asian looking table they had this year. Okay, it was really huh. really cool. Um, like almost like sort of tropical rainforest with a bunch of really cool statues like something you would find in like the middle of like Angkor Wat kind of thing really really cool but then every other table had like felt markers little tiny like 2D things maybe a wall here and then you'd go and walk by every single other 40k table and there were 150 of them and every single one was better than every single War Machine table by a huge huge margin like just looking at the games that's the one that looks cooler well and I think kind of following with what Dan was saying it would be hard to argue the Games Workshop is not the giant that it is if it were not for their stores and the model that they'd established during the 90s. Yeah, their custom-built tables. You would have these massive custom-built tables, fully-painted armies, on display. You walk by and go, what the shit is that? Yeah. Who here wasn't drawn in by that? That's exactly it. Like, it was... Yeah, it def- certainly caught my eye walking down Like, maybe not Mike, because he was alive th- before Games Workshop was a thing. Isn't that why we all eventually worked for them? Yeah, no. Yeah, I, and you know what? <laughs> except for Mike. He's, you know what? He's our odd man out. That's because Mike had money. Right. Yes, <laughs> that's true. He didn't have to work for them. <laughs> Not like I us. actually can go home and bring you the first edition of... We know. Everything. We know you're we a know. Warhammer hipster. We've <laughs> <laughs> heard it before. We know, Mike. you said you were alive before but Warhammer? Mike, you Mike, burn in hell. The rest of us might make that claim. Mike, burn in hell. Mike, that's why we love you. Okay. That you are a Warhammer hipster, because we're just trying to be there. Right? We all talk about, like, third ed 40k, like, it's cool. Mike was doing it, like, done with 40k by that point. <laughs> he was like, Rhino Rush has ruined the game. I'm done. <laughs> 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 Fucking Blood Angels. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so, Ward, you said you were going to save your point for last. What's your point on this? As well, being the only serious TO here. Really. You, well, you guys have done... Uh, you've covered a lot of points that like, I, I want to reiterate for sure. Uh, I mean, as a TO, the advantage is I can stack a whole bunch of terrain in a single box and carry it to and from an event. Which is huge. Hugely dumb. I, I hate the idea of to do <laughs> as, as a TO organizer, I will gladly take extra bins for cool 2D ter- or 3D terrain and avoid the 2D fiasco. The, two, the 2D tables, like, oh yeah, I can place my models everywhere. You can't do that in real life. Like, you... If, if you were... I don't know what I'm trying to say here. What you're trying spells. to say is that the three gets a specific. Set <laughs> I don't have a strategy. fucking bolter. What the hell's yes. going on? With with your three D terrain, you have to take it into account. Like my guys can't actually like be on that hill or and so on and so forth. So you actually oh, have yeah. to take that strategy into effect when you're playing your game. You can't I be also, placed in the middle of that tree trunk. You have to go around it, henceforth. Yeah, the models are going to be positioned. Again, so it's, not it's totally all abstract. Tactical. It's all tactical. Right? It's more real. Yeah. The the terrain is a bit way bigger draw, right? So two D terrain, three totally D terrain. It's not even a contest. GW is continuing to show that with like releasing new uh, kits such as the Tau the Tau terrain that's coming out, right? Yeah, the Tau and, and I mean, it speaks to the fact that it sold out within a Ten few minutes. hours. Wasn't even an hour. Not even an hour. So it sold out completely on the website. You and it was, what, it. like 190 Canadian? 190 Canadian. It was not cheap. Yeah. It is admittedly <laughs> three boxes. To be fair, boxes. that's like $12 US. True. <laughs> yeah, right now. Uh, it is It is three box sets, but yeah. Right, exactly. I'm, I'm hoping to actually snag one, so... 
Uh, apparently, the stores are each getting one. Oh shit! <laughs> Good luck. I, I'm third on the list of <laughs> my local stores. So. Uh, that's what that's what Frontline was saying on their their podcast. They were saying that they were like, "We'll take as many as you can give us," and they got one. Mm, that yeah, was their rep. All stores, one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, this I would say this is another strike for War Machine, where a lot of their player base is going towards the 2D terrain, thinking that it's raw, raw, awesome. Whereas, can if you were to go to an event and you see unpainted models. And 2D terrain compared to, let's look at a 40K table with awesome terrain, new terrain coming out, uh, painted models typically as a requirement. It's yeah. a no-brainer what people are going to gravitate more to. And towards. I would go even further to to say games like 40K are that right now that middle ground. Uh, games like Infinity and Malifaux are pushing the, the skir- painted The side. skirmish, because yeah. again, you're getting cooler terrain for that. You can really like load up uh, yeah. the terrain on the tables. Yep. Seeing a fully right? painted Infinity table... Would be a huge draw for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the micro art stuff. Uh, they just released shipping crates today, which sound really damn boring. They're incredible and they're so simple to use. I mean, like that's not something that is difficult for War Machine to implement. You you put three shipping containers together or something along those lines, yeah, and stack them. And there you have a line of sight blocking terrain. It's easy. They stack nice in crates. Uh, like when you actually have to move them physically out of the event. The, no, the micro art stuff looks really, really good. It's a huge draw for Infinity. I know you were looking at, we talked about last week for the, the, the Troll City. Goblin Town. Goblin Town for <laughs> whatever it is. The Goblin Town for uh, Malifaux would look awesome on a table. Now, I think... Like, just so much better. So that we're not coming off as total douches. I'd like to kind of reconstruct this a little bit. So oh, we are total douches, though. Right, we are. Yeah, and, and the I reality is, we all right we now. all think, "Wow, you should see my frosted tips, bro! I lift so hard." <laughs> but uh, no, I think I don't want to hold this against the War Machine players because one of the things they are trying to push is to have the cleanest, most competitive game possible right now. And for the people that are doing that, if that's what they're enjoying from it, all the power to them. Because who are we to tell people how to play games? That's true. But what I would like to say is that for me, and one of the reasons I'm really not enjoying War Machine right now, is that it's lo- with, with that trend occurring, it's losing a lot of the character of the game. There's yeah. an amazing backstory. There's a bunch of nations that have a lot of history. We've got over ten years of stories from this game. You have... But that is the you, aspect that me, people push. Let me, let me finish. Quick note. It's like, you look at the rule books, and every time they have the models painted up beautifully, because they have a great studio, yep. on great-looking tables... You think to yourself, fuck yeah, I want to play that game. When you go to play in a tournament, that is not the game you are playing. Privateer Press even released their own terrain kits at one point, too. With the yeah, those, those lasted for like a week and a half, though. They're hard to find, though. Like, I was trying to hunt uh, the Sig... Or not the Signar one, the, the Kator one down. Because that was Gale Force 9, wasn't it? I think it was Gale Force 9. That was back when they did their tokens, too. But, I mean, like, if, if they were to continue with that... Uh, that train of thought uh, with coming out with train, I think that they'd it'd just be another avenue for them to make money. Well, yeah, and, sure. and honestly, that's a conversation I've had with a lot of different people for a lot of different game systems, where Malifaux is only very recently jumping in on the scenery for their game bandwagon. In for, a very foreground and no, the officially the only company that makes Malif- or Malifaux scenery is Plastocraft. Okay, and I prefer to refer to them as Plastic Crap. Because it's more expensive than foreground and shittier, and most of it's not even pre-painted. But anyway, so they're getting into it. The conversation is that the companies that make really good, engaging, um, 
and the kind of scenery that fits with the aesthetic of the game are the ones that really succeed. I honestly kind of fucking hate most Infinity models, but I have to admit, the micro-art scenery that is done for Malifaux is fucking cool. For yeah. Malifaux? Or, or, or for Infinity, Infinity sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so it's actually almost a motivation for you to play Infinity to play on those tables. Yeah. Even though I think most of the models are fucking stupid, if you do a quick, the uh, tables are great. If you do a quick Google search of uh, Infinity tables or Infinity scenery and just click through some of the images, some of them are unbelievable, like the best tables you've ever seen. There's no other game system that's even come close. And, you know, for all, the, all of the shit talk I give for 40K, I think fundamentally what it is for me right now, I'm in love with skirmish games. Yeah. I, that's totally fair, and I get the appeal, and I'm also into skirmish games because I'm playing Infinity quite a bit now. Yeah. Uh, probably as much as I play 40K. So it's got nothing to do with If he doesn't games. cancel on me, of course. Well, I only canceled once. Come on. <laughs> once. Oh, that's a three fingers. That's a three three right, we'll figure this out later. I'll look at a calendar. Three do, times do you remember what happened when Ward didn't believe me when I gave him information? Oh, yeah. He, like, dug up dirt and okay, called that's my wife. <laughs> Whatever. Remember, he's an old man. He knows how to hold a grudge. That's true. Uh, you're right. You probably was three. We'll play. We'll play soon. We'll play this weekend at the tournament. So, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, you're, you know what? Fuck it. Everybody pucks here is a two D or pucks on two D scenery. Dan, go for objective zones and stuff. No problem with it for actual scenery. What am I? Like, how can I give zero? It half a what puck. What is it for? It's, good, half a I don't puck. know. One. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Mike, half a puck. I hate it. Board. I'll go with one just because you can throw multiple tables in a single bin, and that's that's it. If negative. You, if you want, if you want, I go negative ten. I'm gonna give it two for the one reason I talked about earlier. Of if you want to go play at your buddy's place, and if you're maybe having to go on the bus, you don't have a lot of space. If it's one of these like space is an issue, you're trying to get a game in. No, I disagree because if you go to your buddy's house, he, he should, should have, have terrain, or he's not your buddy. <laughs> yep. That's exactly it. Dale, <laughs> Dale has just built his own table, has a complete ice table. One of the reasons that I like playing at his place is different than what I have. I don't have an ice table. I don't have any of that stuff. It's cool. Yeah, to go his table isn't it. covered in dicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I should take a picture of my table and see it. We should do a prize. <laughs> we should do a giveaway. Like if somebody W's contest. Guess how many skulls are on the table of skulls? <laughs> we should take a picture of my hobby table after Tom has been here and uh, count the number of dicks and get a prize. Hobby Night in Canada prize. I don't know what we give away. Maybe a hockey puck. I feel like a, we got to be really careful here because we're getting him to count dicks. <laughs> That's pretty funny. We probably won't be able to count, post the pictures on Facebook. <sighs> That's why we have a website. They are poorly drawn dicks, though. They won't be able to tell. Yeah. <laughs> Although you did go to the extent of drawing hair on many of them. Oh. Some of them are flaccid, which is weird. I don't know why you draw that. Oh. <laughs> what, what See what you started, Mike, by making oh. a dirty super joke. Bad. You're yeah, it's super, super bad. bad. I told you it's my You're super bad. <laughs> I admitted it. I'm sorry. All right, let's move on. Nobody, this topic upsets me. I don't like this 2D right. terrain thing. I think it's done. Yeah. Let's move on. <sighs> okay. So. I think it's time for us to stop talking and let some people yeah, play X-Wing talk. Absolutely. <laughs> so there were some uh, recent releases. I believe it's Wave 7. Well, not out. relatively recent, but we're finally addressing some I need one top. So. How long ago was it? Were these? Did these come out? A couple I months? Oh, it's been a couple months. Can't remember the specific date. We were trying to give everybody some time to. The date eludes me. Try to okay. 
play some games and such. So have you guys played some games with these uh, ships? I know, Dan, you probably bought every all of them. Oh, I buy everything. Yeah. It's not even a question. Yeah, like, it's, it's yeah, we've got stuff, so. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you've got absolutely. stuff? How many did you get of each is the real question. Ooh. This, the Wave 7, I bought two of each. everything, really. Nice. I like it. I like your style. It was like two starter sets and two, just a two of the, two each of the fighters. Like the K wings and the Punisher and all that type stuff. So gotcha. I think it was just two of everything except for one of the Hounds too. I may buy another one later, but it's like it's not a thirty dollar big ship. It's one of the like it's like fifty bucks, forty or fifty dollars. But it is because it's huge. physically much larger. Yeah, it is way bigger. So it was a little bit too expensive to impulse buy two without ever having tried them first. I thought about picking one up, but then I, when I was looking at the rules online for the Hounds too. Anyways, you guys should probably go through what you have to say because I have really no great opinion on this stuff. So the new <laughs> passing interest, the new ships that we are kind of like addressing in this one is going to be, of course, the Houndstooth, uh, the Bounty Hunter ship. Yeah, I'm interested in that one. What we, do you guys think? I really what, like it. In, in general? We're going to summarize. We're going to do the listing. We're going to do the list before we focus. Yeah, uh, then we also have the... Um, the Kirax Fighter. That I can't pronounce that half the time. So the Kirax Fighter. Uh, I bought three of those ones, actually. Which so. is the second. That and the um, the Houndstooth are the scum ships from this wave, just yes. to clarify. Uh, there's also the uh, Thai Punisher for the Imperials. Absolutely. And then the, the K-Wing. K-Wing. Ooh, that was secret. The uh, Thai Punisher, I feel like, is exhibits a uh, version of a Thai bomber. <laughs> Felt you like Thai bombers, <laughs> you put Thai bombers in your Thai bomber. <laughs> that, believe it or not, there are Thai variants from the Expanded Universe that have even more pods. Like, <laughs> the memes are actually somewhat based on actual things from the Expanded Universe. It's not such a bad thing that Disney bought and then wiped out the Expanded Universe, because some yeah. of it was stupid. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> totally fair. But uh, um, the Punisher is, it is a pretty interesting ship, for sure. And the K-Wing, similarly, is another oversized um, small ship, where they're on the small bases. They don't really fit on the small bases. They, they overhang by a ton. So they're somewhat difficult ships. to deal with when they when you hit other ships. Like, do they not? You often have to like have an irregular number of the the pegs, pegs so that they're uh, higher or lower than, than the rest else. of your ship, so that they Makes don't sense. bump into them as often. But even then, the K wing is so wide that it might be hitting the center of the peg on a taller <laughs> ship or something. It is like that's a bit ridiculous. I think its wingspan is something like seventy five mil on a forty mil base. Yeah, it's what? a bit dumb. So it is like full on. So literally can't pass another ship without clipping the peg potentially. It's yeah. like full on scorn level of does not fit on base. That's hilarious. I like <laughs> that. That's actually kind of intense. So, what are, what's your favorite ship? Each of you, which one? Which Holy one did you shit. like the most? Sorry, yeah. I'm just looking at the model. It's big. Yeah, it's the, the K-wing is an example. Like it's it's the ship. What was that? The the flying fortress from World War II. Like it oh, has modeled after, or is that? It's got the same idea because it has multiple, um, like bubble canopy nose turrets and that. a tail turret, and this thing has a crew of like five or six guys. Like it is not a fighter; it is like a full-on bomber, bomber. fighter bomber. So I would have been happy personally if they had an intermediate-sized base for some of these larger, larger fighters or smaller freighters or something. If they had a medium base size, that would have made me very happy, but they didn't. All right. So, so <laughs> that picture makes it look more like a Zoid than a spaceship. Yeah, it's a little weird. It is expanded universe stuff. So they I don't know what a Zoid fishing. is. Like straight up Power Rangers. Okay. Zord. 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 Zoid was a different realm entirely. I was Get really confused. Get your shit together, Tom. Zord. What were Zoids? I, I don't know. I, uh, it was a cartoon. I, I don't know. 
Mike, do you know? You were like 20 at the time. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yes. Can we just pretend it's a Zoidberg Futurama reference and move on? Sure. Yes. Okay. Uh, I want to we'll know, scuttle, what is your favorite ship? Someone laterally. tell me. I, I'm partial to the Imperial, so I would have to say the TIE Punisher is my favorite. Why? That and you played two games with it in one. So. I did, yeah. Oh, that's a good Holy reason. shit. Two, yeah. you, you won two games in a row? It what? was crazy. You so, were equally uh, surprised the last time we discussed this on the podcast. <laughs> why is it uh, Why is it so cool? What uh, is it, like, in-game. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's got a full uh, upgrade bar. So, like, you... If you think that ships currently have uh, a lot of upgrades... Let me just show you that upgrade bar. It is packed to the gills. So you Holy can, fuck, it's literally it's full. Yeah, you can take... There is literally no room for more. Yeah. There is a <laughs> lot of junk in that trunk. <laughs> so much room for activities. So what are you upgrading it with? What's the what's the typical loadout? The advantage, I mean, like, you can take, like, bombs, you can take torpedoes, you can take uh, missiles. Yeah, but what are you taking? I still go with the bombs, actually, with them. But I, they also fix bombs somewhat with this. What was the idea, right, I've heard on well, the internet? Combination of things for, for bombs. This one, um, one of the issues with bombers a lot of the time was all the previous bombers could only carry one bomb, and they were one use only. So okay. you drop it once, you have a 20-point ship that dropped its little four-point bomb, and it doesn't have any more bombs. And if you make a mistake, you're fucked. Yeah, if you misjudge yeah. it, or for the ones that need to roll dice, if you rolled poorly with a proximity mine... Four points wasted, yep. and you're out your trick. Gotcha. But, um, so now, the for combination of actually multiple things, the for starters, the Punisher uh, comes with two bomb slots, okay. so you can take... The same bomb twice, or two different bombs so that you have different, um, you know, Options. for different situations. Yeah. Um, from the system upgrade slot, it can take the advanced scopes, which allow you to move at pilot skill zero, so you can move first and drop your bombs before anybody gets in the way. Oh. Because some bombs trigger when the enemies move over top of them. That's really cool. So I like that. So if you that. move first yeah. and drop it directly in their path, there's nothing they can do about but it. But you still would, you count, it. so if you have like, a, is there a pilot that comes with high pilot skill for that thing? Uh, yeah, they, yeah, all ships come with um, two characters at least. So you so can this move has a first six and a seven. shoot first, potentially. Uh, they're not great pilot skills, so they're probably not shooting or first, shoot but yes. medium. Six and seven. Gotcha. Yeah, six and a seven still That's pretty That's really recent. cool. I like that. And um, and it also comes with the, uh, what is it called? It, extra Munitions? Is that the yes. name of the card? Yes. So it is. Uh, it uses a torpedo slot. It's, I believe, two points, and you get a little to- um, Extra Munitions token that you can place on every missile, torpedo, and bomb on your ship and spend the token the first time you use that weapon. So they can have three bombs, effectively. Four. Four, yeah. Oh, you're doubling, each one. You're doubling every bomb. Oh, I didn't realize it was each one. Okay. So you I can take two you. different yeah, yeah. bombs um, of two different types and then get your extra munitions to get two uses so of each So basically just bomb. drop the cost of every bomb, effectively. It, yeah, it's, it's a huge force multiplier, which yeah. for a lot of people were speculating for a long time, some card like this would need to be introduced to um, make munitions more cost-effective. So that's is that available for your regular tie bombers? Yeah, it's it would just use one of the torpedo upgrade slots on a tie bomber. Now is that uh, is that imperial only? And anyone can use it as long as you have, have the a torpedo upgrade. slot and then a second okay, weapon sorry. that you're then giving a second shot with. If you only have one torpedo slot like an X-wing, buying extra munitions doesn't you, make a you lot gain sense. no weapon to give the token to. Yeah, yeah. So, so it really just fixed bombers. But it it fixes Y-wings, B-wings. Well, it doesn't necessarily fix them. It gives them more flexibility, I guess. But Y-wings, B-wings, um, well, bombers. It breaks the archetype form that they kind of had in place. Gives them, breathes new yeah. life into them if you haven't seen them on the board for a while. So. Absolutely. How are you loading uh, yours out? Uh, I am partial to proximity mine still. So uh, I like Death Rain. I was only taking one Punisher because they are a little bit expensive. Um, so I took Death Rain, and uh, that's, that's a sweet name. The special character <laughs> stolen directly from Tau in uh, 40k, actually. 
I like that. Death Rain was the twin missile pod one. The uh, the, sp- the special rules for uh, Death Rain is when dropping a bomb, you may use the front guides of your ship. After dropping a bomb, you may perform a few barrel roll actions. So instead of dropping it behind me, I can throw it in front of me instead. And, and then roll over the way. And have somebody else just fly right into it if I'm like right in front of you. Oh, and that's I drop a really it. cool move. Yeah. I like that. So. I like that a lot. And that one can be given the upgrade to, f- to move it. Skill zero, right? Yeah, any of the yes. Punishers can take the advanced scopes. That's fucking cool. <laughs> How many uh, hull points does it have? Is it You said it was a lot of points. Is it super durable? It is six hull points and three shields. Oh, that's pretty good. With agility one. Agility one. So I'm going to take some hits. It's uh, it's a tie, so it's only got two firepower. But the upgrades are what kind of make it shine. Yeah, so yeah sure. But it's, it's durable enough that without someone sending everything at it turn one and you being dumb enough to let that happen... It'll still It re- should be able survive. to get its payload off at least once or twice. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, cool. And it did for me, so it worked out okay. <laughs> and what there's also new types of bombs as well in the same kit. So oh, okay. There's a cluster bomb, which is like multiple weaker proximity mines kind of combined where there's three it's a cluster um, there's three little tokens and you take the damage whenever you run any one of the three tokens oh nice over. so you get just larger spread a little easier to hit the target so yeah, if gotcha. if they're if they're flying if you drop it behind you and they're flying like across the back end they can't turn to get out of the way kind of thing they could potentially hit all three yeah oh so or if oh, you drop it, or if you drop it forward with death rain on a large base ship you can hit them with all three of the cluster bombs. Holy shit. I got so you. they okay. take six attack dice worth of damage with no defense of any kind. They That's only take the solid hits. The criticals do nothing. But um, Do they still take hall points criticals? No. You, on, in a, on a roll of a solid hit, which is three of the eight facings, you take one regular hull point damage. But the criticals just are not, count as nothing. The, the criticals blanks. are the same as blanks for the purposes of this, just oh, so they're okay. not completely batshit crazy. Yeah. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> and that's an action, so plus it would, the death range would still get to shoot in the... That's boss. Yeah. So. Were you taking in your bomber list, just for curiosity? Or was uh, it completely different? I no, I kind of mixed it in with the bomber, so I still had, I had uh, death rain, um, two of the first order ties... Uh, Howl Runner and I think a uh, second type bomber. Sounds pretty good. I thought you had an Academy Tire too in there instead. Something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. So no no bomb <laughs> no, no bombers. Two first order, a couple academies, and Howl Runner. That sounds yeah. legit. Cool. Spooky Dan. Dan, what was your favorite ship? My favorite of the bunch. It's kinda hard to say. I think the most effective is probably the K Wing, but it's ugly. Um I'm I'm always yeah. been a huge fan of the Houndstooth. I always like Bosk. He has a cool name. He's a lizard guy with stupid-looking feet. He's uh, amazing. <laughs> he was, hands are sweet. He was just a really, always a really cool character, like Boba Fett. He was one of those super badass guys that they don't even have to do anything to be intimidating. Yeah. And uh, his rules are interesting. His ship I always quite liked. Um, and I like the fact that it poops out a Z95 when it dies. That's pretty cool. That is really cool. Uh, it's, <laughs> I have to admit, it's the one that I was interested in strictly because of the background of the fluff where... Boss was always just like he's like IG88 or Boba Fett. Like those guys are just awesome. Yeah. And he's why is he always in a yellow flight suit? No, no, it's just weird. Because <laughs> I'm sure they had them left over from A New Hope. Yeah. <laughs> con- consi- considering the screen time that he got, he's uh, he made his impact on the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. So what is the the Houndstooth? Why is it maybe not as good as the K Wing or? What, what's the problem with that one? Um, part of it is I haven't done a lot of extensive you know play testing with it, so. It could be really good. So it you could be really know. good in the right hands, but it's it is um it is a unique <coughs> large ship in that it has a one eighty degree forward arc mm-hmm. and um and no turret and no rear firing like a fire spray. So it is the only ship of its type that it's it's big, it's relatively slow, 
Um, it can actually um, stop. It's a red maneuver to just not move. Which really? Is, which is always really cool. It's a move that was previously only available to the shuttle. Ah, and um, okay. so it's it's that a really interesting, stop. unique space just because it's a large ship. It's got heavy firepower. It's got lots of crew slots, all the rest of it. But it doesn't have a turret. And that safety net of being able to fire 360 degrees is With a big ship is tough. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get sense. rid of that because this thing does not turn around particularly gracefully. So got I don't a big ship maneuver dial. I'm assuming, and I don't so. think it has. I don't think it has a K turn, does it? It might. I don't. I think don't so. have my dials on me to confirm. But <laughs> off the top of my head, as you normally would, you might, you're a weirdo. And mine exploded fairly rapidly when I did use it, so I didn't get to try and turn around because I was dead. <laughs> you keep talking. I got my dials here for some reason. So, but, um, the, so Z90, the Z95, though, when it did explode, it it has an escape shuttle or escape Z95. Yeah, right? you when you the take Houndstooth, the yeah. when you take the Houndstooth title, um, yeah. it gives you the. Oh, so it's just the name a name ship. Yeah, so okay, it's gotcha. it's six points. And when you die, um, you basically pick a valid maneuver off of the Z95's maneuver dial yeah. and do it from the front or the rear um, movement guides on the ship's base. Oh, okay. So that's your you know, your first maneuver on the way out. And then you get to do one action with that ship, and it cannot fire that turn. That's really cool. So it's kind of neat. Um, the one, so you get does, some points back, effectively. And they have FAQ'd it a little bit, where the, the main ship still counts as dead for victory points. But if you have the Nashda Pup, which is the name of that little Z95... If it's your last remaining ship and you somehow manage to miraculously kill all the enemy, then you still count as having a, a one-point victory, like bare minimum margin of victory. Uh, okay. So you can win games when all of your points are dead. You can win games when you lose 100 points and they lose 100 points. Yeah. You get you get 101 points, effectively. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, so it introduces some really unique mechanics. It's Because it's one of those things where your main ship is already dead before you get to use it, so... A lot of the times you're not going to turn the tide of the game, but it is a really fun, really thematic um, upgrade because the Houndstooth, in the fluff, it had the a little like yeah, stripped down, sure. smaller version of a Z95 as a little scout fighter. So I thought that was an incredibly cool nod to the uh, nod to the fluff, as well as finally introducing the the ship launching mechanics that are going to be um, when the Gozanti. Um, ship comes in and can launch TIE fighters using that same mechanic. Really? But it doesn't need to die to do it, obviously. That's going to be a <laughs> lot of fucking points. But um, that one will be an epic-only ship. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because it's on the, you know, the much bigger dual gotcha. bases and dual stuff. Base. But, base. Uh, but yeah, so that's, so I think the, yeah, I think, long story short, I think the Houndstooth is definitely my pick of the bunch thematically. Just because it's cooler. I don't know if it's going to be as effective as some of the options that um, the K-Wing and, and the Punishers can bring to the table. The the little scum fighter, the Kirax, is it has some really cool upgrades in the pack, but I don't think it's particularly effective it, either. It's I, a, how it's, does it compare to the Seek? It's basically a scum X-wing. Oh, and considering so they it's just, just kind of boring, it's it's okay at everything. It has it does have a slightly different dial from the X-wing. Is it any cheaper? Um, a little bit. I think it's twenty points space or nineteen maybe. So you can get five in a list. Tw- I know twenty base. Yeah, twenty base. So you can fit five in a list where an X-wing's twenty-one. So it would be 105 points to take five. Future, future lists of mine, I'm actually going to try to do a little bit more with Scum and actually use more of the, like the Seeks and um, the Kazi fighters. So oh, I bought three, so we'll see how that works. <laughs> <laughs> but the coo- one of the cool one things about... Me. One of the cool Not things that comes with both the Scum ships in this wave is space drugs. You get Glitter Stim. Glitter Stims! Yes, everybody's been talking about that. What does that do? Um, it is an illicit upgrade, so currently only the scum, only some of the scum ships even can take illicit upgrades. 
But basically, you can pop it at the beginning of um, a combat phase, and you count. You basically count as having a focus token for all of your attack and defense rolls for that combat phase, and you take a stress for your hangover. <laughs> I like that. So you, awesome. you're literally just popping amphetamines in the middle of battle. Oh, we all know that I love drugs in my games. And Dark by, love drugs. by far the coolest thing is that the IG-88s can take it. So you can have robots on drugs. Oh and on the topic God. of drugs, <laughs> I just got to quickly add in here, we have a new government that's going to be legalizing drugs. Hooray! But they're not glitter stim for fighter pilots, so that's a concern. Not yet. Not yet, but we might get there. <laughs> uh, you know that is your next mission, glitter stim for pilots. I like that. No, it's really cool. Legalize I like that idea. Um, so now the K-Wing. You're thinking that one's probably the way to go. It is basically a miniature Millennium Falcon for a lot cheaper, and it because it's on the Does small base turret? size. Yes, that's really good. It has it has a native firepower of two um, for its turret, and it can also take the turret upgrade from like the Y wings. So you mm. can put on an ion turret or the new twin laser turret, which is um, two separate attacks at range two or three with three dice. Yep. Each one is only limited to doing one damage per attack. But either way, it's a super effective turret that a lot of people are now spamming on Y-Wings to have just these really cheap, tanky ships that are just hosing dice and grinding really cool. away at everything. I so like that. The K-Wing is a really effective ship, and it has actually really a really effective ace pilot as well, where Miranda Doney, I think is her name? Yep. She's the skill 8, um, and in addition to having an equally large upgrade bar to the Punisher... Like, it has turret, multiple torpedoes, missiles, a crew member as well, oh, okay. and uh, gotcha. two bombs. So you can you can do all these crazy things where her special ability is once per round when you're attacking, yep. you can roll one extra dice and lose a shield, or you can roll one fewer dice and gain a shield back. Oh, that's weird. So so it's basically one of those extra crew member, like, diverting so power choose, from shields to blasters or vice versa. You can choose when you need to be good at either thing. Yeah. That's really useful. And if you combine it with something like C-3PO for a defensive crew member to get you extra, potentially an extra damage point saved every turn in addition to what you're healing, healing is excessively hard to come by in X-Wing. Yeah. There's only two, one or two ways to do it, and this is one of them. So, That's really cool. And like because that. it's not on a large base, it is a small-based fighter... If it's at half hull points at the end of the game or less, you get no victory points for it. So it so is a mini Falcon. With the new updates, it's probably better than a Falcon in a lot of ways. In some ways. It's cheaper. Because you can take, I'm assuming, two in a list. It's probably under that, the, what, the Falcon was under that 50 yeah, points. Yeah, I think it's the most expensive character is 29 points plus upgrades. That's so. not bad. So if you give her the, if you give her C-3PO, which is three, and the twin laser turret, which is six. easily fit two. Yeah, and you're and a lot of the time you can or you can just take like multiple small fighters as escorts yeah. or whatever. Or she could be like she could be the wingman for Dash Rendar or something as well. If you did want to have a slightly cheaper um, large base ship, you can get her in for that, you know, thirty to fifty price range, depending on upgrades. So we can That's super you can cool. have her be a tough too durable bad. turret wingman. It's too, too bad. bad that thing looks like shit. Oh, it's a horrible So thing. I got a question for you about that mechanic. <laughs> Yes. Do you have to be able to shoot to make use of the, the healing yes. shield? Yeah, it's it's not just like when you gain the opportunity to attack, it's like when you're making an attack. Okay. So you have to have you have to so have you can't a valid just fly attack. off in the corner and heal. No, you have to still be within range, um, and but she does have the turret, so she can fire at anybody within range three in any direction. But I like that, you gotta at least be stuck in. Yeah, you yep. can't just completely bugger off. That's actually a really good way to do it. Oh, and K-Wings also have the the really stupid thing from the fluff is they, they have, like, super turbocharger thingies, the, the slam motor. Yes, I've heard about so the they slam. Can, um, so they, for an action, they can pick another maneuver of the same speed as the one that they just did. And then, so basically they can move twice and then not shoot that turn. 
Yeah. It's really cool. Which is kind of neat. They can turbo boost. Yeah. It's 40k. So if you really need to just get the hell out of Dodge or whatever, then you have options. Like, if you're going to be parked in front of, like, five ships at point blank, you can just say, you know what, I'm going to give up my shot and (coughs) boost, like, way the hell out of here and not get shot. Provided that your initial dial was something that's reasonable that can get you out of there. Yeah. Can you get that if it's a red red maneuver? Um, Well, it's it's an an action action to do a slam. So if you did a red maneuver... You'd be stressed. You'd be stressed, can't do an action. But... well, I guess for the slam maneuver, I think you could probably do any color. I don't think... Or does it say specifically white or green? Uh, no, I'm trying to remember. But it's an action, so you'd have to clear the stress with a green maneuver before but if you the could first maneuver, the action. If the first green. maneuver was white or green, you can choose the slam action. I just can't remember if the card specifically says you have to pick a oh, white or a green saying. maneuver. You could do a red maneuver with the slam, potentially, if we're reading it So you could correctly. do a potential... Is there a K-turn on that ship? I don't think so. K-turn on the K-wing? As appropriate as it would be, I don't think it has I a K-turn. <laughs> I think it's got a Signer's loop, but no I K-turn. don't think it has a Signer's We did a lot of research for oh this podcast. Oh my goodness, I got all my tokens. Keep talking. <laughs> well, we're, we're done. We, we yeah, really we're done. I'm already on to Zoids. I found out it actually was a thing. It was a thing, for <laughs> sure. Not just Harold Zoid, the legendary silent hologram actor. No, Zoids were, like... <laughs> they looked like Zords. Very similar yeah, to they do, actually. Yeah. They were... And it was a toy. Animal-themed robot toys from the 80s. Yeah. Precursors to Zords. Yeah. Really. Except... Except not as cool as Zords, let's well, be honest There weren't here. Power Rangers, there was just, like, punks with jackets that would drive... drive. It does sound like the 80s. K- <laughs> K-Wing, really horrible dial as well. No K-turns, no signers loops at all. Yeah, it don't turn around so good. No. Because it is a gigantic flying... Do we know if doom. it can do a red... Oh, it, it doesn't a, even have a red... It literally has hard twos. That's as, that's as, oh, that's, that's that as sharp as you get to problem. turn. It doesn't have a single red maneuver. Yeah, doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. There you go. Slam away. That's you a can also dial. only go... Yeah, this is a really terrible dial. <laughs> <laughs> Awful dial, actually. But it's durable, and you could potentially dial twice. Yeah, moving twice is is Well, is, is two twos? Because you probably want to... The threes on this are pretty weak, in all honesty. You'd probably be mostly sticking around in the two band, because it's got the two... Uh, the it has the most twos. options to choose from it, too. How is, is two twos further than a four? Two twos is a five, because you include the um, the base, the base the at the end of your move. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Okay, so, so that's actually pretty fast when you slam. It's the same speed as like an interceptor or an A-wing. Yeah. The downside is you're not going to be getting focus shooting. or an evade yeah. at that point. Or no. shooting. But you are a way more durable ship. <laughs> we're we're talking about for the purposes of just running the fuck away. Yeah, and you can yeah. boost a, past them and then shoot them in the ass if they don't turn around or can't for some reason. The next turn, yeah. It's not well, a bad thing to you, go with. It's yeah. hard for you to turn around it's, too at the same time. But you got the turret. <laughs> but you got the turret. You got the turret. So who cares if you're not turning around in a lot of ways? Touche. Take, take yeah, so, in, so in, in the couple of games I've played against, because I haven't played with a K-Wing yet, I've only played against it, I don't think it... It may have slammed once... Yeah, it's definitely not something you're going to do every turn. Yeah. It was just, it was, a, it was fairly <laughs> situational, situational, but 100%. it's something that's built in. It can do it if it needs to. It doesn't cost anything. It's just there when you have an emergency, you need to slam on the accelerator. It is there. Yeah, I like it. Cool. And it has a stupid name that's a pun. So that's that's always neat. All right. So, so following up, um, we... On Zoids? No. Oh, fuck okay. Zoids. <laughs> uh, for Gutsy and Goatsy from last week. So, because we had the question of whether or not taking models you'd never used before to a, a tournament would go well for you, and we had the over-under basically at two wins oh, or two yeah, losses. Yeah, okay. And it's coming back to me now. Yeah, remember this? Yes. 
Here and come to technicality. Here come to technicality, indeed. I went one, one, and one. <laughs> so you, none of the above. Yeah, we all lost. Everybody. Did loses. anybody guess on the Facebook page? I think I don't think anybody. Guessed I don't think anyone time. even cared on the Facebook page. To be honest, <laughs> oh, we posted it on on what this episode was posted on Sunday. It was very I can't recently. Remember. It was posted a couple of days. It was a little late, so I don't think people yeah. have time yet. By the time that they will have time to respond to it. This will already be recorded and over with. So, yeah. do you guys have a gutsy or goatsy? Because I potentially have another one. No, I did not get any games in this week because I've been. Yeah, that's painting. right. He did furiously Ooh. painting. Is it me again? Might have to be you. I think you're the one that played games this week. Okay. Well, no, you played some X Wing in the last two weeks. You were saying. Yeah. No, no gutsy or goatsy. Okay, Tom, it's you. Cheering for the Blue Jays, gutsy or goatsy? <laughs> oh, gutsy God. right now. Goatsy right now. <laughs> Uh, there's a statistic out there for the Blue Jays that are around teams that have had like 30 plus uh, runs in the first three games and gone up 3-1 or 2-1 or whatever it is 3-1 have all lost the Yankees ha- pounded on the Bo Sox like 19 to 8 in one game or something. So one of those statistics like whenever yeah. It's like whenever you play on a Tuesday the 7th. If you get 30 runs, well it's and a go new up, moon. If you get 30 runs in your first games and go up 3-1, you lose. Every time? Like so far. I think it's only happened like 3 times though. So. Well, and to be fair, they haven't <laughs> lost an elimination game yet in this playoffs. And yeah, they've so played a few. So, there so three for borderline three. borderline questionable statistics are on our side. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so I played a game and this is kind of a two-part gutsy or goatsy. So I made it into the tier two. A two-part. For day four Two parts of goatsy. How does that work? Well, I mean, just let me finish it, and you'll find <laughs> out. So I went into day two find, knowing that I was in, in tier two at the Masters. So instead of taking the exact same list that I had on the day one, I decided tier two is probably going to be a little bit more fluffy, because that's there was effectively four tiers, because Masters, one, two, three... I'm going to take some that are going to be a little bit more fun and a little bit less competitive. I'll tell you right now, that was fucking goatsy as all hell. (laughs) But, and and I will preface this, that I did win two of my games. Hmm. So in one particular game, I was playing Shea against Harbinger. And Harbinger is, for lack of a better word, a better descriptor, uh, let's just focus on this very one particular thing. So, in War Machine, your, your leaders will have uh, a focus stat. And most most casters are between like a 6 or a 7. Hers is 10. Oh. Her no, feat focus. is also, if you move within her control range, and again, remember, control range is double your focus, or double your focus 20 stat. Inches. 20 inches. Um, during her feet turn, if you end closer to her than when you started, you take a POW 14 damage roll. Whoa. Infantry just go poof. I dropped my pirates into that. So, attrition, not going well for me. But I had one kind of last-ditch effort for what I could do. Shay has a spell called Storm Rager, which gives him plus two armor. So I cast it the previous turn, I upkept it, and I ran him straight forward. He's def 17. If you knock him down, he's still def 17. And at that point, he was arm 22. And I ran him straight towards Harbinger. On her feet. And said, no, this was the turn after her feet. Okay. I was fucked at this point. This is my one play. Run Shay up there, hope I can take a turn, and then kill her retaliating. What do you think happened? I'm gonna go gutsy, because the way you said it, you sound you sound pretty gutsy. I'm gonna say gutsy. Gutsy. 
Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to go goat see. I'm not familiar enough with the casters to really know anything. But it doesn't sound good. Sound like you're going for an assassination. I feel like you might have pulled it off. We'll find out next time, won't we? I think. What do you want to know now? Bum, 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 bum. No, we'll wait, we'll wait. Technicality we'll death claw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you give us another technicality. I promise you. I promise you, it's not another technicality. I did either win or lose because <laughs> of that play. Yeah, I'll go with gutsy. I think we should leave it. We'll see. What do you, we'll ask the the listeners. What do you guys like the cliffhanger gutsy goatsy? If you like it, yeah. we'll keep it. Otherwise, we'll tell you at the end of the episode. Hmm. All right, but until then, I guess. Fuck, I can't even say. We'll see you at Onslaught, because by the time this goes up, we'll have already seen them we at Onslaught. We will have seen you at Onslaught. <laughs> yeah, we got some events coming up. Onslaught, I guess, will be the first one we should talk about. I think we'll all be there. That's a busy, busy weekend. Yeah. Uh, after that... Wait uh, a second, before we before we go on past Onslaught, what's everybody playing in it? Tom? Uh, get, get Malifaux. And? War Machine. Correct. Dan, X-Wing. X-Wing! Mike, Infinity. Possibly Infinity and Dystopia. Uh, Possibly Infinity. That, that is... Incorrect. Or, no, no, that's correct. How is that incorrect? What the fuck am I right or am I wrong? He's the one that told me. He's playing dystopian. No, you can't play Infinity because Infinity's on Saturday. You You, lied to me. You could play Malifaux if you wanted to. Do it! There's one spot left. (laughs) You lied to me. I know, I did. Son of a bitch, you really lied to me. I did, I meant to. There's one spot left. (laughs) Play Malifaux. Ward, what are you playing? right now. What are you playing that day? He's playing Spreadsheet Commander. (laughs) Spreadsheet Commander. (laughs) That sounds like a terrible game. I love it. That sounds like the ultimate (laughs) go-see. Yeah, that's the worst game ever. And I will be playing 40k and Infinity. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, indeed. So So that's the first event. We'll see you there. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, we've got Death by Dice on November 14th in Spruce Grove. Um, the details on this one, it's a 40k event? 40k yes. only, ITC event. Um, Is that 1850? Or? Yes, 1850. Well, they could change it. I don't actually know if they're at 1850, but that's usually ITC standard. Okay. Yes, and then we have the For the Children charity event down in Calgary on November 21st. Which we are going to, Tom and myself. Yeah. It's yeah. three three systems for that one. Fantasy, uh, 40k, and War Machine? Well... Age of of Sigmar. Sigmar. Oh, fuck off! (laughs) We just gotta ask if we wanna play in that. No, Age of Sigmar, you know what? I actually wanna see... Depends on the comp system they're using. No, 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 no. I'm not saying fuck off to Age of Sigmar. I'm saying fuck off to correcting someone and say, no, no. It's not Warhammer Fantasy Wait, Battles. I'm pretty, you know what, Age of I'm Sigmar. pretty sure they're completely different games. They're systems. completely different game systems. And I will give you Age of Sigmar, the one that I, I understand your rage when people correct someone on Imperial Guard and they go, no, no, no. That's true. Militarum. Fuck you. <laughs> well, no, because they could do that now to me where it's like, yeah, I have an orc army. They're like, no, no, it's Orux. No, they're still orcs. Orux is like a completely different They thing. haven't released that yeah. book yet, so they're not Orux yet. Yeah. Not yet. And Oryx will be the whole thing. There still will be orcs and Oryx, apparently. Whatever. Get, get confused, because I am. But not knocking it, because I actually, I do, as I think the only person here who's played Age of Sigmar. I played a demo game. It's actually a good <laughs> game. <laughs> no, I would never, like, pay money for it. Like, Which is good, because they're on PDF. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harass Paul Ting, and next time I go to Calgary, I'm going to make him run me through some games. Yeah, like, it's it, one of those things where it's fun enough. I don't think it's exciting enough to make me really want to invest in they it. Always, the game always devolves into just mosh pit in the center. There's no scenarios yet that make it not mosh pit in the center. That's... Yeah, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's, but that's honestly all fantasy. It's called pitch battles. That's actually true. You're right entirely. Fantasy's always been mosh pit in the center. You have two units that hit and they just stay there and one explodes, maybe. And occasionally there's a watchtower. Hey, yeah. and occasionally sometimes banners matter. 
Yeah, no, admittedly, when you play Watchtower against a Skaven player, no one wins. But the reality so, is that this is one of those games, or this is one of those tournaments where, even if you're not really a competitive player, this is more than just playing games. This is a good cause for this. Yep, so it's a charity event. So definitely make Help it out there. Help them build a playground. Yeah, because who... Can you imagine not having a playground at your school as a kid? No. Where else would I get terrible splinters and crack my head open when falling I'm pretty sure they don't make those ones anymore. That explains... Oh, and yeah. sand everywhere. <laughs> sand and combat <laughs> rolls for days. <laughs> That's true. They make them out of safe plastic yes. now instead of the terrible woody, splintery, gross ones that we had. Or remember the tire parks we had as kids? Ooh, yeah. They always smelled like piss? Yeah, I do remember <laughs> this. That's because they were full of piss. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so definitely go to that yeah. And the other thing too is If you guys have any events that you are running um, Either as independent uh, organizers Or if you have a store that you're running events in Let us know Because we'll let people know Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pimp your event Yeah, because we like supporting the hobby so Exactly Let us know and we will let everyone else know Also check out our website We're going to have more content up there At hey. hobbynight.ca There's no Canada in the website No, no Hobby Night in Canada was oddly enough taken <laughs> What's that? I don't even remember. Yeah, because remember there was like yeah. this weird. We had to get Hobby Night. Someone has Hobby Night in Canada. I don't. I, I don't remember that, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Trust and me. We, and we can't. We can't do H N I C either. So. Yeah, H N I C. I think that one's more trademarked. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, we have a website, and you should go there and look at our things. Yeah. Yep. Or questions, comments. Uh, Concerns? Give us an uh, email at uh, Hobby Night in Canada. Question: Where are these show notes you speak of? At gmail.com. Is that a thing? Do we have an email from the website? Yeah, I've yeah. got yeah, but not the Gmail one. But like, is there? Can they just email Hobby Night? At Hobby yeah, Night? we have we have a link there. Don't worry. We're okay, good. we're good. So check out the website and you get all the info you need. Yeah. Ta da! Hundred percent. Until then, this has been another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. Until when? I don't get it. Until then, then. <laughs> then, Dan, for <laughs> that abstract time, which is two weeks from now, which is in fact not two weeks from now, but more two and a half weeks from now. Two and a, two and a half Until weeks next time. Until next time. Okay, so, funny story. <laughs> so, ever since we started getting Moose Knuckle Beer, I've been drinking a bit more while yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the quality might have dropped. Maybe a little, maybe a smudge. Thanks, Moose Knuckle. <laughs> so, much like Sam Jackson beer, it'll get you drunk. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't Sam Jackson. Yeah, that was, it was Sam that, Jackson beer. Wasn't that malt li- uh, liquor from, uh, what's his face, from Star Wars? No, it was Sam Jackson yeah. beer. It was Sam on, Jackson? That was their yeah, thing? it was on the Chappelle show. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It was, a sh- it was a whole... I thought Sam Jackson beer was made fun of in Family Guy because it washes down the hooker spit in marijuana. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> no, 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 no. Sam Jackson beer originally, I think it was on Chappelle show. I think so. I could see Family Guy making fun of Sam Adams beer. Sam Adams. more That's geographically so nice. relevant. That's Sam Adams. 100% yeah, but Sam no, Adams. so Chappelle made Sam Jackson beer. <laughs> oh, I like that. Where he was dressed up like Sam Jackson, dressed up like Sam Adams. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know that. I want to watch... We're going we're gonna to YouTube this later. This is the yeah. longest sign-off ever. Oh, anyways. <laughs> this has been another episode of Hobby Day in Canada. I'm your host, Tom. I'm Steve. I'm Ward. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. Beat your fucking models, guys. We'll see you at Onslaught. It's just a little... I've already seen you at Onslaught. Oh, God.